St. Matthews, we are totally committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God the Son and the Son of God. It is our desire that you become saved right where you sit by professing your belief in Jesus Christ and asking Him into your life. The Bible says that Jesus our Savior died for all your sins. He was buried and rose on the third day with all power in His hands. To be saved, just pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, was buried, and rose on the third day. I believe you are God the Father's only begotten Son. Lord, come into my life and save my soul. If you've done that, email, call, or write us so we can send you written materials on your newfound faith. We have a ministry for your entire family. This is a teaching ministry under the direction of Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr., the senior pastor of St. Matthew's Baptist Church for over 33 years. Dr. Gordon's stellar leadership encourages thousands to cultivate a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Dr. Gordon exegetes God's word for truth, transformation, and transparency. It's truly some great people in this church that really just want to, that really have like a heart for God and really just want to like just serve. The Holy Spirit has a way of, of sending uh, a word to answer some of the questions that you might have. I've seen the impact that it not only had on my family, St. Matthews, but also that it has in our community. I tell people, because they're seeing the difference in me and they're saying, what, what are you doing? I'm like, me and my husband, we go going to church. What church do you go to? And I say, St. Matthews in Williamstown. And like, I'm so proud to say that I go there because it changed my life. It's home. It's, it's home.
God bless you. Good morning. This is Dr. Raymond M. Gordon, pastor of the St. Matthew's Baptist Church, where Jesus Christ is the main attraction. We glorify him. We magnify him. He's king of kings and he's lord of lords. And Jesus controls everything. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. This morning we pray that you and your family are safe and you would be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And even during this pandemic of uh, hiking, spiking virus, uh, social injustice that we see on TV every day, uh, national unrest, over 40 million out of work, we still look to Jesus. He is in total control, and you need not fear. You need to be still and know that he is God. No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. We thank God for his faithfulness, and we celebrate you worshiping with us on this Lord's Day. This is the day the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We praise God for you. We pray that you will remain faithful as God is faithful to you, and send in your tithes online and to P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094. And the Lord is good. We are praising him from whom all blessings flow. Today I begin a new series called The Facets of Faith, The Facets of Faith, and today I'm looking at the featured faith, a featured faith, and I want to uh, pull up on um, Hebrews chapter 11, the Hall of Fame of Faith. I want to point out some things there, and in this time, as the world is spinning out of control, this time when the love of many are wax cold. This time when, amen, governments are being toppled and leaders, amen, have left their posts. This time when people are in, amen, a mad runaround situation. We want you to know Jesus is still in control. Can I get a witness? And we got to look to the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord. We're not in denial. We just know that God is God. That's what makes him God. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer is no. So as we pray for your children, your grandchildren, your family, your marriages, amen, your homes, we want you to be steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Throughout the Bible, we see evidences of a different, amen, facets of faith. We see fickle faith. We see failure of faith. We see fractured faith. We see a fighting faith. We see a finishing faith. But this morning, we want to concentrate on a featured Faith. That, that is, when we begin to look at this featured faith, amen, we, we see Abraham, who was the father of faith, and we feature Abraham this morning, and he is recorded, listen, he's recorded in Hebrews 11, the Hall of Fame of Faith. He's recorded in Acts chapter 7 when Stephen was given Amen. The historicity of Israel. And then we see it in Genesis 12 to 24. We see Abraham as the main character of promise. It is, it is here, it is here, uh, that we learn that Abraham's secret, listen to pastor, was to lean on God and not allow man's logic to lead him. If you're trying to logically figure out what God is doing, you'll never, you never will. God, God, God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And, and, and so Abraham being the facet 
uh, uh, a facet of faith, Abraham being the feature of this facet, he was fickled, he was fractured, he was fearful, he finished, amen, he fought, amen, and, and so Abraham is the main character when we start talking about faith, and the Bible says, and Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him for righteousness. Well, what did he believe? I'm glad you asked that he, he was a model, he was a maturing, uh, a, a man of maturation, and he manifested the mindset of Almighty God. By faith, he was guided. By faith, he grew. And by faith, he glorified. That, that, that when we begin to look at, uh, this matter of faith, and, and, and I know we, we, we struggle. Our faith is like a roller coaster. It goes up and down, in and out. Sometimes we can believe. Sometimes it's difficult for us to believe. Sometimes God will let us see things that diametrically oppose our faith. Amen. To help us to hold on and hold out by faith. So in Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith, let me stop pausing apart because I want to give you a little history. Nobody in Hebrews 11 has anything bad said about their lives. It, it only highlights the victory. So you and I could be in the hall of fame of faith. God is not going to say anything bad about you. He's only going to highlight, amen, your faith. That is that Hebrews 11 begins with the words, now, faith. Let me stop and go back. You don't start a sentence with now. There's a qualifier here. And when you go back to chapter 10, verse 22, this is all background information that we need to know. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. That, that's where God begins this thought pattern, verse 22. And then verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Lord have mercy. So you got verse 22, verse 23, and then verse uh, 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 25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, and then he moves down to verse, hallelujah, uh, 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 verse uh, 35, cast not away therefore your confidence which hath a great recompense of reward. And then finally in verse 38 of chapter 10, now the just shall live by faith. Lord have mercy. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them that draw back, but of them that, Lord have mercy, believe to the saving of the soul. That's the basis. Then the writer says, noun faith. He gives a definition of faith. Faith is substance with no evidence. The visible, the visibility is the substance. That's what we believe. The evidence is invisible. We, we, we have to believe the invisible and manufacture a visible. Now faith is the subject of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And, and he gives us this running definition and he moves to a description for by it, the elders throughout the Bible, obtain a good report. Amen. And then he tells you that God ex nihilo spoke things into existence out of nothing. He made something. He's dealing with the invisible and the visible. And then, I want you to see this, he gives not only a definition description, but verses 4 to 40, he gives demonstration. He tells you why everybody in this Hall of Fame of Faith had to do three things that Abraham had to do, which was next to impossible. 
Meaning that only God can give us faith. For by grace, love you don't deserve, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, are ye saved through faith, and that faith is not yours. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Every time you find yourself believing God, know it's not your belief. It's God's belief. It's God's belief behind the scenes. It's God's conviction, Lord have mercy, for you and I to believe what God is saying is true. So as we begin this journey, and I, 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 I want to talk about this matter of different facets of faith because Abraham lived them all out. He went through quite a bit. And Abraham believed God and it was reckoned, it was counted to him for righteousness. There are some days your faith and my faith is low. There are times when we just will not believe God. We believe what we see more so than what we know. Lord, have mercy. During this time of unrest, unemployment, injustice, amen, the, the, the whole nation, the world is in a, an uproar. And if you don't have faith to believe that all this is part of Jesus' plan, amen, you will start to go haywire. You will start to lose it unless your heart and soul and mind is fixed on him. Now unto him who's able to keep you from falling. The first thing that Abraham had to do, which is next to impossible, we see in, amen, Genesis 11 or Genesis 12 through 22, we see, listen, we see a calling without comprehension. It is no logic for his direction. Now, now, now listen to me. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. A calling, a conviction to do something with no comprehension. Sometimes God will ask us to do something without explaining all the ands and the buts and the hows and the wheres and the whos. Sometimes God leaves us blank to just trust him, to lean and not use logic. Lord have mercy. So the Bible says, and Abraham was going not knowing where he was going. Now that is no comprehension. Jesus is our GPS system. Amen. He guides us. And, and, and whenever you make a wrong turn with a GPS system, you'll hear a voice come on and say, recalculating, recalculating. That is, God is now, listen, placing you in another, a, a route to get to the same place. The problem is the quickest distance is between two lines. So when God recalculates, it may take longer to get there, but you're going to get there. Do I have a witness? That, that is, Abraham was going, not knowing where he was going, not logic, but leaning. God is that GPS system. And the Lord told Abraham in Genesis uh, 11 and 12, he said, get up and get out of your father's house, Terah, amen, and go to a place that he did not name, which was Canaan. God was soliciting him to go to another place. Now, now, now notice that as Abraham got up and went, Abraham had a detour problem. He went to Haran and got stuck there 15 years. You and I get stuck in our faith. You, you and I, you and I, you and I start out good. You and I are summoned to go where God is telling us to go, to do what God is telling us to do. We start out good, and then all of a sudden, something happens. We get detoured. And we end up in a place that God never told us to go to. The word Haran, it's in your Bible, is the place of delay. 
There, there's always that place of delay where we get stuck in gear from carrying out the calling. If you're married, you've been called to subject, submit, to honor, to sacrifice, to provide, to love your mate. That's not always easy. That, that is, we can get detoured. Amen. And, and what did Abraham get detoured with? He got detoured by taking his father, which God didn't tell him to take, took his wife, took his nephew Lot, and with family and fellowship, they got stuck in Haran until God let his father die. And then God started moving him from Haran to Shechem, shoulder strength, gave him strength, Mora, M-O-R-E-H, uh, that is uh, insight. He gave him knowledge, amen. He gave him an inspiration. And what characterized his fellowship with God was pitching a tent, building an altar, and calling upon the name of the Lord. God had to get him back in place. When, when we look at the life of Abraham, he detoured and got, amen, stuck in Haran. Where have you become stuck? Where, where have you become lodged and you're not following the calling of God? Detours take place when, amen, roads are blocked. Difficulty sets in. He, he, he detoured, first of all, to Haran, and then in chapter 13, because of a famine, his faith became fractured, and he went down into Egypt. And Egypt is always down, because Egypt is symbolic of the world. When you go in the world, you're going down. He went down into Egypt until God had to bring him back out of Egypt. And it's the things that he accumulated in Egypt that would become a difficulty futuristically. Lord have mercy. So Abraham, Abraham, listen to this, and I want you to see this next to impossible point that Abraham was called without comprehension. Sometimes our comprehension becomes closed. What did God ask you to do? Where did God ask you to go? What, what did God, amen, place on your heart? Sometimes we get detoured from that. And all we hear through conviction is recalculating, recalculating. We're trying to get back to the place of God. Joseph was in the place of God. Am I not, Genesis 50, in God's place? That is, am I not where God would have me to be? Am I not where God uh, needs me to be to use me? Am I not where God wants me to be to glorify him? Hmm. A calling with no comprehension. Some of you watching this morning, you got a sense of calling on your life. You've been saved, you've been pulled out of hell, you've been pulled out of darkness into light, and it stops right there. You have no comprehension. You're trying to make it on logic and not leaning. You, amen. That, that, that is, child of God, that if you are trying to figure God out, every move that he's making in your life, your, your faith is going to be fractured. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. And, and, and so Abraham was struggling with this matter of direction. Direction. Where am I going? Where am I coming from? Where am I going to? Amen. Direction, direction, direction. That is, that as we look at, uh, this situation, of direction. Even in my calling, 
I've had to get back to God's place to be in his direct will. Sometimes we detour. Sometimes we get out of place. Amen. And, and, and the second detour in chapter 13 of Genesis, a famine came, no food, and all the food was in Egypt. So he decided to forsake God's way to feed his stomach. And sometimes we will go to the wrong place for the wrong reason without leaning on God. We let logic lead us. Lord, have mercy. He was called without comprehension. You and I this morning really don't have any comprehension as to what's happening in this world right now. We got to, we can't, we can't make it on logic. We got to make it by leaning on Him. The Lord is perfect. He's too wise to make a mistake. He sits high. He looks low. He's king of kings. He's lord of lords. You got to read the Bible and not just listen at the news. You got to understand that God must give Satan permission to attack you. God's got to sign off on everything. Wherever you are this morning, God signed off on it. Whatever's going on in your life, God is instrumental in allowing it to happen for his own purposes. And by faith, we have a calling without comprehension. Lord, I don't know why you're doing this. I don't know what's the reason for doing this. But God, I take you at your word. Listen, I take you at your word. Not at what I see, not at my feelings, not at my fractures, not not at my fickleness. I take you, God, by faith at your word. And that's what Christians must do. They must look to the hills. They must take God at his word. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead up to thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. And we know Notice he didn't say we're guessing. He said we know that all things are being worked by God together for the good of them that love the Lord and them that are called according to his purpose. A calling without comprehension. What is it in your life this morning you can't comprehend? But you know you've been saved. You know you've been called. God says lean on me. Throw yourself my way. Stop trying to figure me out through logic and just trust me that I'm too wise to make a mistake. Lord, have mercy. But the second thing that Abraham did that was next to uh, possibility, impossibility, was that uh, he had a continuance with a considerable amount of conflict. Now, this is so interesting because the continuance is to stay close enough to the place and to the will of God. Amen. And as you continue, wherever you are this morning, there's going to be conflict. God uses conflict to pull us in. God uses conflict to lose our own mentality and gain his. God uses conflict to teach us, to learn us how to grow. God uses conflict to submit to, for, for us to be submitted and subjected to his lordship. God uses conflict, Lord have mercy, to forsake our ways and gain his. Conflict is valuable. The prodigal son went out and ran into conflict. Then he started talking to himself. Then he repented. Then he returned to his father. It was conflict that drove him back. And trouble to drive you back. So what Abraham ran into in chapter 16 was, amen, there was a continuance of waiting on God, but there was major conflict. Now, my first point, I dealt with detours, and we got some detours now. But this is not detours, this is delay. God delays your blessings. God delays your prayers. God delays your future for a reason. 
So Abraham is 86 years old. He was promised by God, Genesis 15, the Abrahamic covenant, Genesis 17. And uh, he was promised a seed. Lord, have mercy. But time is running out. Logically, time is running out. He's 86 when he receives the promise. And he does not have Isaac until 14 years later when he's 100. And Sarai was 99. That's not even logical for a man and a woman that old to have a seed. But God is not a God of logic. He's a God of liberation. And, 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 and so in this 16th chapter, Abraham's faith is starting to be pragmatic. He's starting to fracture in his faith. He's starting to be fickle. He's feeling some kind of way. What's taking God so long? Yeah. And Sarai's wife, who's barren, can't have children, comes to Abraham with a proposal. Go into my 19-year-old Egyptian handmaid, Hagar, and have a son. And she was doing it for her own purposes because she was barren. Sometimes when we feel guilty, we will make, amen, dumb decisions. We, we will go into areas we have no reason to go into in our own insecurities. She suggested... This to Abraham. Of course, Abraham went in. No, There's no uh, evidence that he pulled out scripture. There's no evidence that he said, I can't do that. He went into the handmaid, and, and the handmaid got pregnant and had a baby. And now there's an allegory, and an allegory is an illustration with hidden evidences. What was hidden was there are two sons in the allegory. Ishmael from Hagar and Isaac from Syria. Two sons. One represents the flesh, the other one represents the spirit. Two women, Sarah, Sarah, Amen, and Hagar. Two covenants, works and grace. This allegory is very telling in Galatians chapter 4 because what, what begins to happen in this matter of Abraham is that, amen, God was hiding things in the seed. And Isaac, Lord have mercy, was the seed. Isaac was the promised seed. And, and, and God, even after Abraham messed up with a fractured faith, even after Abraham made bad decisions, detours and all that, God did not allow Abraham's uh, mistakes to interfere with his will. He still had Abraham and Sarah have a child. And the Bible says in this same book of the Hall of Fame of Faith that Sarah Amen. Strengthen herself by belief in God so that her womb could reproduce a baby at 99. Lord have mercy. By faith, she could reproduce. So when you begin to look at Acts chapter 7 and Stephen is answering about the history of Israel. He says two things about Abraham. One, Abraham had an inheritance that he had not yet found. Two, Abraham circumcised all the people in his camp. Circumcision was a sign of covenant. When a baby turned eight days old, they were circumcised to be separate from the world. And you and I are spiritually circumcised through Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? That, that is, that is Abraham, Abraham, the second point. There was a continuance with great conflict. Let me stop, pause and park. In this world, you will have tribulations. In your home, in your marriage, with your children, with your money, with your mind, with your health, with your family. There's going to be trouble all around you. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. 
We ought to continue with conflict. We must continue with conflict. We must understand the continuance, that's faith, and we must understand the conflict, amen, that's God's vehicle of growth. That God keeps us balanced. Privilege and responsibility balances us out. Yeah. If God gave us all favor and no, amen, faltering, no fractures, yeah, we, we, we would be out of our mind. Conflict makes us pray. Conflict makes us trust. Conflict makes us hold on. Conflict makes us read the word. Conflict makes us talk to God. Conflict makes us lean on him and not our own logic. Wherever you are this morning, God's in total control. Wherever you feel this morning, God's in total control. Whatever you, amen, are fathoming, God is in total control. You're right smack dab in the place I want you to be. We are trusting me and me alone. Abraham, our father of faith, uh, had to deal with detours and had to deal with delays. You and I got to learn how to deal with conflict. We don't like conflict. We, we don't like conflict on any plane. We hate it. We don't like getting into conflict, but conflict has a purpose. And the purpose is to humble us. The purpose is to remind us of God's word. The purpose is to lean on God. The purpose is to trust him in the midst of trouble. The purpose for conflict is for us to leave self and turn to him. Mm. There was a continuance, but there was conflict. It was conflict, not only because of a detour, but because of a decision. Watch the decisions you make. You can make a decision today that can haunt you for 20 years. I've made decisions in my past that I'm still, in some kind of way, paying for. That, hallelujah, he made a decision to speed up the will of God by having a son that was not God's will. He hearkened to his wife, who's a good woman, and not to God. Because this fractured faith of delay could not believe that 14 years after the promise from 86 to 100 that he would have a child. And now that he had the child... He had problems in the house. Amen. What were the problems? Well, I'm glad you asked. God told Sarah, put out the woman and her child. Why, God? Why do I need to throw Hagar out and Ishmael with her? Because flesh and spirit cannot coexist in the same house. Lord, have mercy. You can't be half worldly and half churchy. You can't be half saved and half unsaved. The two cannot coexist. So if I'm making decisions and I'm taking detours based on my feelings and my flesh and my fractured faith and my finicky faith and my failure of faith, there's no way I'm going to have rest. Listen to this, that, that the Bible says that uh, he was called without comprehension. He continued with major conflict. Hmm. And then finally, I want you to see this third point. We see a total commitment of confidence, his deliverance. The first is his direction. Stay with pastor now. Genesis 12. A calling with no comprehension. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to get there. 
As I lean on God and not my logic, God is going to bring me to where he would have me to be to glorify his name. A calling without comprehension. And then a continuance with conflict. As I continue in Christ, as I continue in God, as I continue seeking his face, there's going to be conflict. Satan is going to work it in. And God will allow Satan to work it in. Do I have a witness? Every morning you get up, there's some state of conflict. Conflict of mind, conflict of heart, conflict of will, conflict of the flesh. Conflict! Get used to it. You got to carry conflict with you. Because conflict increases your faith. Conflict puts the spotlight on God and not on you. I am what I am by the grace of God. That he is. I can do all things through Christ who keeps on strengthening me. And do I have a witness? Amen. Uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who did not demand his prerogatives. Amen. But he trusted and he humbled himself. Hopotasio. Hopotasio. He humbled himself before God and took God at his word. But check out this third next to impossible point. He had total commitment of confidence for his deliverance. We must grow in order to know. And 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 as he was tested by God, God, God uh, came to Abraham in chapter twenty-two. You know the story. Early in the morning, said Abraham, Abraham. Abraham said, yes, Lord. He said, now take your son, your only son, and take him up to the appointed place, which was Mount Moriah, which is Calvary, and kill him. And the Bible says Abraham didn't even think about having no comprehension. Abraham didn't even think about conflict. The Bible says he got up early and took his son, a young lad. By the way, Isaac is a type of Christ. Abraham's a type of the father. Eleazar's a type of the Holy Spirit. Hanging there with pastor, I'm trying to teach you something. That when you look at Abraham, he got up early and the young lad probably... 33 years old, same age as Jesus when he died. said, Father, uh, the wood is here, the fire is here, the knife is here, but where is the sacrifice? And without flinching, and this is the way our faith has got to be, without flinching, I can't flinch about what I have and don't have. I can't flinch about how I feel. I can't flinch about my fractured heart. I can't flinch about my historical issues. I can't flinch about my uh, 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 rejection and abandonment issues. I can't flinch about my history. I can't flinch without flinching. Abraham said the Lord will provide himself. As a sacrifice. Oh. They make their way up to Mount Moriah. Calvary. He ties the young lad up. And by the way, the lad had to allow him to tie him up. Jesus suffered voluntarily. And he pulled back the knife to kill the lad as a burnt offering. Chapter 22 of Genesis. And a voice came out of heaven and said, do the lad no harm. Listen to this. For now I know that you fear me. Well, God, you're omniscient. You know everything before it happens. No. God was talking about now I know in real time. See, God's got to test you for real time. God knows theologically everything. But he's got to test you in real time. Real time is the experiences of your life. Now I know that you fear me. And as 
he was letting the lad go, they heard something in the bush. They heard the call of a ram uh-huh, out of the bush. Now, before I get too far in this story, the ram's horn is the horn of victory. Whenever Israel was going out to battle, they blew the ram's horn. At Jericho, they blew the ram's horn. And the ram's horn meant we're going to have victory before the battle begins. A ram was caught in the thicket and God said, I now have given you a substitute to sacrifice for your son. Our substitute is Jesus. He died for all my sins. He died for my past. He died for my present. He died for my future sins. He died on the cross of Calvary. Shed his precious blood. And God said back at the Passover of Exodus 12. And when I, yeah, see the blood, I'll pass over. Do I have a witness? He died in my place. He died for my mess. He died so I would have a right to the tree of life. He died so I could get into heaven. He died so I could praise his name. He died so I could see my loved ones. He died. I said he died. He kept on dying. Can I get a witness? He dropped his head in the locks of his shoulders. They put him on the cross at 9 a.m. But he died at 3 p.m. Do I have a witness? And I'm so glad he died in my place. And Abraham and all of his experiences with his fractured faith, with his fickle faith, with his finishing faith, with his, yeah, failure of faith, with his fighting faith. He said, I knew God as El Shaddai, the big-breasted one. Can I get a witness? I knew God as El Elyon, the most high God. But I got a new name for him. His name is Jehovah Jireh, meaning the Lord will provide himself. Do I have a witness? Child of God, if you're going to be delivered... You got to know that God's got it all in his hands. Can I get a witness? It's not what you do, it's what God does in real time. Can I get a witness? And so God, in spite of his fractured faith, failing faith, fickle faith, fighting faith, finishing faith, God had a featured faith. Look at the father of faith. His name is Abraham. Do I have a witness? A calling with no comprehension. That's your direction. You don't know where you're going, just trust Jesus. A continuance with a lot of conflict. Do I have a witness? That's your development. God is developing you in growth. God is allowing conflict to kiss. Yeah. Your continuance. Do I have a witness? I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. Do I have a witness? But finally, uh, he had a commitment with a great deal of confidence. And, and, and this is the confidence, 1 John 5, that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know that if he hears us, we have the petitions that we have placed in front of him. God will answer your prayers. Do I have a witness? Now faith (laughs) is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by the elders had a good report. Today in the midst of all the mess going on, there's a lot. We're getting close and close to the rapture. God has given you a calling And sometimes he has snatched your comprehension. God has given you a continuance. Yeah, but he has allowed a lot of conflict. God has given you a commitment. 
And then God has supplied a confidence that we know that all things are working together for the good. I don't want you to get up this morning and feel dismayed. Be not dismayed, whatever betide, God will take care of you. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of a spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. You can pout. You can pout or you can praise. Trouble will make you better or bitter. You got to make a choice this morning. I choose to believe God. Calling without comprehension, continuance with conflict, and a commitment of confidence. As you keep your eyes on Him, He will give you a peace and a presence and a power that passes all understanding and he will keep put a guard at your mind and your heart Philippians 4 to those that are in Christ Jesus I have had a calling and not have always had comprehension I've had a continuance but couldn't deal with the conflict I've had a commitment, but never had all the confidence. We grow and we glorify him as he guides us into all truth. The Christian life is not for you to make things happen. It's not for you to do it on your own. It's for you to let go and let God. Trust in the Lord. With all thine heart, whatever you're struggling with, and lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct that path. I'm asking all of you to pray for me. I need prayer this morning. God knows. I need you to be still and to know that he is God. Put your problems out before you and say, Lord, they're your problems. Yeah. Put your pathway before him and say, God, you're my leading and my direction. Yeah. Put your continuance in front of him in spite of the conflict and say, God, you are my victory. I'm coming out of this victoriously because Jesus is on board even in the storm. Ah. A faceted faith. Abraham, the father of our faith, was fractured. He failed. Finicky. Leaned to his feelings. But he came out victoriously because he took God at his word. And he believed God. And God counted as righteousness God bless you have a great day look to the hills from which cometh your help you have the victory and I want you to say it right now I have the victory in Jesus God bless you have a great day pray for pastor we love did you know you can get your smartphone the method is simple safe and speedy to get using this method, search for the SMBC app in your iOS or Google Play Store and download. Then launch the app and click on the Give button. Or feel free to give through our website. Go to www.stmatthewsfbc.org, click Donation, and fill out the St. Matthew Secure Contribution and Payment form. Did you know you can give using your smartphone? The method is simple, safe, and speedy. To get using this method, search for the SMBC app in your iOS or Google Play Store and download. Then launch the app and click on the Give button. Or feel free to give through our website. Go to www.stmatthewsfbc.org, click Donation, and fill out the St. Matthew Secure Contribution and Payment form. 
Did you know you can give using your smartphone? The method is simple, safe, and speedy. To give using this method,